0: Well, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Parenting Pathway Podcast. This is Pastor Dave Carl, and I'm here with my good friend, Nathan Kosurik. Both of us are on staff here, at least today, here at the Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas. You know, depends on how this goes for, for both of us, really. So I'm the pastor of Children's and Family Ministries. And Nathan, what is it again that you do here?
1: Well, I, I oversee the student ministry, Dave, and I'm really uh, not sure what you're going to bring up now at this
0: point, after what you just said. Well, it's not directed towards you. It was kind of direct, you know, like, who, who knows?
1: Yeah, okay. All right.
0: Well, that makes it a lot more exciting for the one, listener, I'm sure. One never knows. Meteor strike, it could be any number of of things. But Nathan and I um, gather together on occasion to solve many of the world's problems. Um, we tried a physics episode, but that was disastrous. We don't know. Between the two of us, we, we got nothing. less. Than I'm not nothing. sure
1: which of us knows the least about physics. That yeah. would be the competition.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a very short... It was delightful, but it was a very short episode. <laughs> um, so mostly we try to deal with things that um, pertain to... Um, the Bible to the understanding and living out of the Bible and um, parenting, and which is to,
1: sli- which we only know slightly more than <laughs> about physics.
0: So, but, but we're supposed to know more. So, <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. And uh, so today we're going to chat about a a simple, a uh, easy peasy topic. The funny thing about forgiveness. Mm. So we're dealing with forgiveness. Um, And I was going to ramble on a little bit longer, but Nathan, why don't you jump in here and help us out? Why is this seemingly straightforward concept? um, Why is it often turned out to be a little tricky for us?
1: Well, I think it's because we have a difficult time feeling forgiven. Uh, I think that we, um, we can understand at least at a theological conceptual level that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins, past, present, future. We are no longer condemned but we have been forgiven. We have been declared not guilty. And yet uh, I think the funny part, the tricky part is we don't always feel forgiven. It's difficult to get to the warmth of forgiveness.
0: So technically I can be forgiven and operate and exist as though I'm not.
1: That's uh, unfortunately true, I think, for a lot of us in our experience.
0: Um, well, that's disappointing. Um, I I think I wanted to, to chat about this because I I think this is a, a I'm going to f- coin a new phrase here. I think this is a bit of a pandemic. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's a familiar term for you, but it's big. Pandemic, At you Penn, say pandemic, um, affecting everybody on the planet. Um, I, I think the, the very concept of as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as an apprentice of Jesus Christ, um, I'm going to go sin and I am, um, going to be really affected by that. It's, it's spiritually, perhaps physically, there's all kinds of things, um, at play but I can ask for forgiveness and all of that stuff is taken care of. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of that, the, the, I'm trying to not say the magical part of it, the, the miraculous part of this is so good, so freeing, so important that I think Satan probably spends an incommensurate amount of time and energy to come alongside of any of us and whisper in our ears, but you're not. Yeah. That cannot possibly be true after what you just did for the 137th time and robs us of a thing that we actually have in our possession and we get torpedoed. I, so I remember in my high school years, particularly, um, it wasn't only then, but that was probably the first time I recognized that as I repeated a, a, a favorite sin, a besetting sin again, I remember thinking to myself, I can't just go to God with this. This yeah. has happened too many times. Um, he's he's going to hang his shed, head in shame I, I have to wait two weeks for the, the stink of this to wear off before I can come crawling back to God because I'm disappointed in me. He's gonna be disappointed in me. And so I went for two weeks, if I, you know, was keeping track of it all, and probably I was not, but I I defaulted to two weeks of distance between myself and God over a sin and it just seems like such a dark thing when that is not the way god set it up that's not what he desires yeah so fix this one for me
1: well i'll just uh, do you one better and uh and pile on because the experience of self-condemnation is so pervasive like You just uh, described your experience uh, when you were younger. But um, I was was reading this one, Psalm 31. Here David is uh, lamenting about the same experience. He says, be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. My soul and my body with grief. You might wonder what in the world is he talking about? But Uh then he says, My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my guilt and my bones grow weak. He says, My strength fails because of my guilt and my bones grow weak. And so (laughs) that is how it feels when we continually return to those same things that we've sworn we're gonna stop doing or maybe we're living with the continual consequence and pain yeah. of, a, of a choice that we made or, or something we said to someone that we that we love or that we care about and now that person is carrying around the wound from something that sure that we've done, and so yeah, it, it can't be easy to all of a sudden stop feeling like your bones are crushed because of what you've done.
0: Well, I, I want to jump back to, and the old, the old Old Testament, the 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 law, the sacrificial system, yeah. Um, and it was prior to, to Christ. And so, you know, they did things differently, but to the same end. Yeah. And there was a long list of things to not do. Some of them, you know, are surprising, like, really, you needed to say that one out loud. Like, Somebody you know, probably did it. That's, uh, that's seems, how you get a rule. seems like nobody would have done that, but I guess, you know, God knew and he had to spell out stuff I, that surprises me. But one of them was you don't touch dead things. And, you know, I can just sitting here, think about, you know, 47 reasons why that would be a bad idea. Mm. Um, but it was a, it was a law. And so I'm imagining now there's some guy, he's just doing a, his day labor stuff. He's digging a trench in near Jerusalem for somebody's house that they're going to build. And I'm just digging a ditch and there's a rock or something. that's in my way. And my, I don't know if I have a metal tool or a wood tool, but it. I bend over to pull this thing out of my way. And I'm shocked and dismayed to find out. I, I thought it was a rock, but now it's a bone. Oh yeah. I'm just holding a bone right now. I didn't sin. I didn't choose to do this thing, but I have now violated God's um, law. And what I'm supposed to do is put the thing down and go to the temple i mean i'm I'm gonna burn the whole day i'm not gonna get paid today i have to go home i have to you know tell my wife i gotta maybe go buy a dove or a something whatever the you know appropriate level sacrifice is for that sin and i gotta take care of this um because in god's eyes i'm not okay and i don't even fully understand what all that's about this but I'm tempted to look around and think, nobody saw me. <clears throat> I'll just toss this thing off to the side and not deal with this. And I'll, I'll make my day's wage and I'll go home and have dinner and everything. But in God's eyes, in his estimation of things, this has got to be dealt with. So let's say I'm a good guy and I decide to take care of it. Okay. I, I go home I change my clothes. I go to the temple. I Maybe I need to bathe first. I'm not sure what the sequence of events but there's bathing involved and I I go to the temple and perhaps I have to pay some money to buy the sacrifice. I mean, it's a bother. It is genuine and I'm not going to get paid today. Mm -hmm. And so I go and I take care of this thing. I'm ceremonially unclean. That's right. Which does not mean pretend unclean. So sometimes we say things like ceremonially, you're but not, but not really. No, in God's eyes, this was a sin worthy of dealing with. So That's I'm, right. I'm choosing to deal with it. I go to the temple. I, I bring the sacrifice. The priest takes it, kills it, does his thing. When he's done and and whatever he's doing with me, praying over me, touching me, holding this up and burning it as a, as, a, as a sacrifice to God. When he's done, it's taken care of. Not mostly, not, not 50-50. It's, it's completely done. I am forgiven. Mm-hmm. I was ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. Now I am ceremonially clean in God's eyes. It's taken care of. I'm going to go home, have dinner, and in the morning, I'm going to go to work. It's completely taken care of. And there's a, there's a beauty to all of that physicality because when it's over, I understand this was taken care of. Um, we don't have that kind of physicality. So I confess my sin to God. And if I'm smart, I'm going to tell a good friend of mine who can handle it as well. And yeah. I, I want to be free from this. And when I do, I'm clean. It's really, really taken care of. I mean, maybe I didn't need to go through all of that, but I, when we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's done. But then I'm still dealing with shame.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't feel like you really should be forgiven by a simple act of agreement or confession or repentance, whatever maybe you I, want to call
0: it. Maybe I feel like I should have, you know, given a, a bowl or something, you know, something bigger or, I, you know, this was yeah. a big one. I need to suffer more or... So there's there's like I don't believe that God forgave me. That's a that's a possibility in this problem. Yeah. But perhaps I'm okay with God really, really forgiving me. I just don't.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, that's the
0: problem. Is that a pandemic too? I think so. Uh we got we've we've had pandemics before. <laughs> some of them have been endemic (laughs) endemic so that's a different problem that's not a god problem that's not like god needs to change something
1: yeah he's doing the right thing
0: i'm forgiven i'm not allowing myself to live forgiven and i'm living in shame what what can you tell me about shame
1: oh gosh yeah i think you were on to it but as far as my opinion goes, when you said we feel the need to punish ourselves, there's something about, uh, I don't know if we would call it our pride, if there's some element of that mixed in to, um, you know, to receive grace uh, is a bit humiliating. Yeah. Because you you have to, come to god with nothing Uh and um we don't like that feeling uh that that is a complete giving over of all control to him so to, to to hang on a little bit to some kind of um need for penance gives us some of that control back and it, it makes us feel a little bit more dignified in a strange way that uh i i have the power myself to declare myself no longer under guilt if i can just make myself suffer what i think i i need to suffer for this
0: thing yeah like if i had god had told me to climb a mountain i think i might be a little happier about about it like I would do that yeah and then then my effort would factor in somehow but that is not at all the way it works it's but the price has been paid Jesus paid the price completely all I need to do is confess so it I mean and I don't want to get to be intentionally confusing or derogatory but for a a an apprentice of Jesus for a, a Christian to be forgiven for a sin is easy peasy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's easy.
1: Yeah. It's done. It was done at the cross.
0: (laughs) All the hard stuff was done somewhere else by someone else. Right. All I have to do is ask for it. And there's, you know, repentance is turning. So, you know, I'm not planning to do it again next Friday while I'm asking for forgiveness today. It's that's, that's something else, but, but there's the, there is the I I would like to earn this myself, which is a very non-Christian thing. That's really a rather idolatrous thing in impulse. Um, but I think there's also the the shame of, and I've I've heard this described. You know, I'm I feel guilt when I've done something bad. Yeah. And especially, let's say, and I got caught. And it's mm-hmm. in the open. I feel guilty about that. Yeah. I, I either pay the $10 back that I stole or pay $20 for the $10 I stole. I've I've paid my price to society or the person. And by everyone's standard now, I'm not guilty. I, I took care of it. So guilt is I did something wrong and I feel bad about the thing I did. Mm -hmm. shame is I did a bad thing and I am a terrible person who does that sort of thing. Yeah. So if I pay the price or if I go to jail or if I, you know, pay my price to society or my debt to society and I come out, I can still be filled with shame because I have taken on an identity because of this sin that is, you could argue, I suppose it's, it's not letting go of me, or I'm not letting go of it. And I, I don't know that it even matters. I mean, I, well, I
1: think, and, and you talk about uh, habitual or recurring uh, sin in our lives, you know, I, I think we really want to get to a, a point where we feel like we are no longer letting ourselves down and disappointing ourselves with this same old thing but Mm -hmm. but then uh because we do we start to feel hopeless and then that becomes a part of our identity because it it almost see if you follow my train of thought here but it almost hurts uh to try because you've you've tried before to to stop with this habit and You haven't succeeded. And so to continue to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail uh, leaves you feeling worse than if you just accept this shame identity. This is who I am. I'll never be the same or I'll never be able to change. I'll always be the same. Uh, And so I'm just going to try and and manage it i'm gonna try and hide it uh and uh there really is no hope of ever over overcoming my own struggle whatever
0: it is yeah there's there's a couple things there one of which if and i i spend time with 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 particularly guys all the time who have a particular besetting sin and they've been trying a few things with a few other guys. In fact, like, you know, I'll confess you, I'll pay you $20 every time I fail on this one. And they, they, they do that and it never changes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I, I love to get with that guy and have lunch with that guy and I say, okay, so this system doesn't work. What, what you're doing doesn't work. Yeah. Something else is needed. It's not supposed to be like this. And they yeah. were kind of like, well, yeah, I I I I just don't know what to. So there is there is a stuff that's you know, probably another episode of what to do, how to get out of a cycle like that. Because that's a terrible, uh-huh. hopeless, that's a hope-sucking situation. I I I don't know how to get out of this loop of sin. But you can. I want to say that now and you know, for promote a future episode, I suppose. I don't know, but the, the the shame of I now identify I you know I I I got caught shoplifting I am a thief that's a that's a that's a leap you you I, I perhaps got caught shoplifting um, I don't need to take on that identity mm-hmm. I could say I did a stupid thing thank goodness God let me get caught quickly. So this doesn't go on and on, but um, I've done what I needed to do. I've, I've paid my debts. I've pre- confessed to God and my, my, my community. I'm good. Now I can move in another direction. And I, that's God's intent Yeah, because with all, you know, we've spent this, the time so far talking about sin and confession, God is infinitely more interested in our relationship with him than than us wallowing in in this stuff
1: right that's right and and believing believing that uh really believing that we are valuable to him in spite of whatever uh choices we've made in the past
0: that shame shame tells me i'm no i'm not valuable yeah
1: yeah that's right
0: that's not true
1: yeah so it gets back to again i guess what it is that you really believe about god and about yourself and i i love this um uh, verse in ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 where it says we are his workmanship uh created in christ jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do I love that so much because I heard somewhere along the way that the the English word workmanship comes from that Greek word poema. Hmm. I've been really um, meditating on that one word to be this um, poema and, and to recognize that in our core being, there is something so unique and valuable and special about each and every single one of us that we were valuable enough for him to give his only begotten son. That that's what he loves about us is that essence of who we are, uh, that poema that he uh, designed specifically and uniquely for each person. And that sense of value uh, can become the foundation and then all these other wrong things that that we have done or continue to do those are the things that are the aberration those are the things that are not who we are and god is leading us out and away from those things and back to who it is that god created us to be our
0: essential poema well, that's that's so incredibly important. Because God is not chiefly, and understand me now, He's not chiefly after my good behavior. That's important. He's interested in this relationship. And when I'm off sinning and living shamed, it messes that all up. Yeah. And what he wants is. And I, I think of the prodigal son. The son came home and he all he did was show up. He didn't bathe. He didn't yeah. fix anything. He didn't have a nickel to put into the pot for, you know, everything I need to repay you for, Dad. It, he showed up stinky, criminal. And, and because he had this little plan, and if you know the story, I mean, he had a plan and it was like, I'm going to work for you and live in the bunkhouse for the rest of my life. It was, he had a he had a plan, but it had nothing to do even with, Father, will you forgive me?
1: Yeah.
0: It would just let me live here and I won't bother you. I promise. And the Father, who is God, that's why Jesus told the story, is your stink. Your sin, your failures, the money that you've spent, this, none of that matters. You're here. I want to be with you. And I, I think the father in that story, I mean, it's a story. It didn't really happen. But certainly that has happened throughout history, that kind of thing. The father grabs that boy and holds him up so his feet dangle in the air. Yeah. He loves that the boy has come back. Everything else can be fixed. So his act of contrition was I'm coming back. And it was a partial. It was a partial contrition. (laughs) Yeah. And so what what the father wanted was the boy back. I want you in my arms. Yeah. And that's, that's the model. God wants us in his arms. And shame is... Now, if I've done something shameful, I'm supposed to feel shame today for it and take care of it. And if I was in the Old Testament, I should go to the temple and take care of it. So if I do something shameful, it's actually a device that God has given me. It's like like pain. I'm supposed to take care of this. I'm not supposed to ignore it. Um, If I have an arrow sticking out of my shoulder... I'm supposed to be in enough pain that I'm screaming for somebody to come help me take care of this. Mm. I'm not supposed to start buying larger shirts to accommodate the arrow. So if I do something shameful today, I should feel shame and take care of it with God. And then it's taken care of and I get healed. So when shame persists, when someone takes on when I take on an identity of shame, it's it's a very dark lie that I'm living with. And I would love to say to anybody who would be listening, if, if you are living, if you have lived in shame, it's a lie that you are that person, that you cannot be freed, that you are stuck. And until you pay it all back or whatever, if you feel shame and maybe you've not even used that word but it may may have some resonance right now if you've been living in shame it's the holy spirit calling you in to have this dealt with and you you it's an it feels like an attack from and it is an attack from satan it's an invitation from the holy spirit calling you toward Freedom and release and forgiveness and nourishment and embrace, Um, but shame is so common for us in our culture and just really since the garden, it's not. Yeah, and it gets
1: reinforced all the time uh, by the people in our lives who uh, are unfortunately being influenced by those lies, uh, those demonic and satanic lies. And and then whatever you've done, there are people around us, whether they're relatives or old friends or your social media community,
0: Christians,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, church community. Sometimes because uh, they have their own shame issues, yes, they want to continually find ways to bring it up and throw it back in your face.
0: Weaponize it, yeah. You know. Yeah, and so
1: it's it's not just you internally trying to work this stuff out between you and the Lord, but then at the same time, you have to somehow uh, ground yourself in the truth uh, and tether yourself so well that you'll somehow be able to uh, withstand all those Lies that are going to be thrown back
0: at you. Yeah, I shame. I think feels much like oxygen to us. Like it doesn't even alarm us. I feel shame about something I did thirty years ago. Uh, Like what? Yeah. You are not supposed to be living in shame from something you did thirty years ago. You, the invitation was you could have confessed it, been clean from it, and moved on from it. You should not be living in shame from anything other than something you just did today. And that shame is a call to go be forgiven, ask for forgiveness, be forgiven and be healed from it. So shame is, is not your friend. It is, it, and it can be, it can be removed from you. You do not have to live in shame. That's, that's a demonic lie that um that Jesus came to free us from.
1: You know and I think for me personally uh I had to uh, be around people almost like a uh, shame recovery support group sure <laughs> sure I had to be around other people who were also uh working through those uh feelings of guilt and shame and and it really made a big difference for me to be able to uh bring it out into the open with people who I could trust people who I knew uh loved me and loved the lord and so that was a that was a huge 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 uh, uh help to to move in the right
0: direction well, and I, I think some of that, that journey had to be, I actually have, I, I believe scripture in that I'm, I'm allowed to be freed from this. Yeah. Because if you don't believe that, you're not even going to hope for it. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, and then there's the, well, and I, and I've talked with guys, they're talking about grace sim- similarly, and they like, they love the idea of grace for everybody else. But he literally said but not you know not me because you know you don't know my junk
1: yeah yeah it's worse
0: so he was blocking himself from grace out of some twisted sense of nobility like i've got to take care of this and then perhaps one day um, I'll be able to live forgiven and shame-free, but that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. I, I, that journey that you went through with is, is what we are called, what we're invited to. We get to be free from this. Um, Christians traditionally are not great about this. We, we tend to use shame as weapons to get people to behave in ways that we want them to behave in. Um, don't go to lunch with those people <laughs> find other Christians that will care for you and lead you to freedom and that are pursuing freedom themselves the the offer from from God is you get to be in his arms <clears throat> you get to not be burdened by this stuff and you get to enjoy being in his arms um I I think there's something deep inside of all of us that long for that. Yeah, definitely. But our culture and our experience and just my own list of sin is works against that concept, but to believe that that's what God wants with me and is offering to me, man, I need, I need help with this to believe that that's true and a church community is supposed to be the place. Um, and it's often it's often not but that is the offer from from heaven
1: yeah of course of course it is if you think about uh the whole reason why jesus had to die it was for this um this way to move toward an intimate relationship with god like that's the whole reason why it it's uh it would be foolish it'd be uh uh contradictory antithetical to think okay he died for my sins and now for the rest of my life i need to somehow work off the penalty for my sins that that doesn't make any sense
0: yeah yeah it's just and I mean, the problem with sin, and I think, you know, we instinctively feel like the problem of sin is ginormous. It It is, it, and so when you rightly accept that, it feels like I, I have to do more than just confess and be forgiven, but the ginormous thing was already ca- taken care of. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is huge. It's insurmountably huge. It just was completely dealt with for us, and um. I gosh I I guess that that the two big things I that that I think are the the takeaway from this is my my sin is not the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. My lack of imagination for how much God adores me and wants me close to him that's a that's a problem.
1: Yeah that part needs to be so bedrock every day it's like this is what I know is true, whether I feel it or not. He yeah. loves
0: me. <laughs> and if I don't feel the freedom to be in God's arms, something is amiss and needs to be dealt with. Don't just sit there suffering in hopelessness. Like I'm supposed to be free from my sin and, and even fear a future sin. Because if I, you know, if I sin again, I get to confess that, clean it up. And God will take care of that too. So now I'm not even afraid of the future. And, and there's so much freedom to be had here that many, many Christians live their entire lifetime without experiencing. And it's just, it's it's the, the prodigal son never going home or, or living in the next county, close, but not enjoying everything that the father is longing to, to, to lavish. I mean, that kid got lavished Yeah. That's the God of scripture.
1: That's the God of scripture. He, 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 you know, you see those moments where in scripture, Paul is obviously the same person who helped Christians die. Yes. And now he is the same person who says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he, he clearly understood this Exactly what you're talking about, that you can't possibly outsend the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so, whatever your greatest sins are, His grace is even more. His love for you yeah. and His desire for you to walk in freedom and intimate relationship with Him is even more.
0: I, I have thought that part of the job of a pastor is often giving entrapped people imagination. For things that God wants for them, but they lack the imagination to believe that God loves them so much that he will take care of all of that if they just show up, if they just come and confess. And then the other part is we often we lack imagination for what God has in mind for us, and then we lack permission to go live that way. You get to go live freed from your past shame. Yeah. And fall into the arms of Jesus. Benefit from the love and the forgiveness and the freedom and then the power to go free others. It, it just spiral. It's an upward spiral.
1: It is. And, and expect it to be uh, difficult. It's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I compare it to just Eating a whole jar of peanut butter, you regret it, you wish you didn't do it, and now it's going to just take a little time to get that taste out of your mouth. <laughs> I,
0: I think Paul would have used peanut butter <laughs> if he'd just known about it.
1: He I mean, would
0: have. What a what a metaphor. Well, I we haven't really done this before because we're kind of always thinking we're speaking to faceless people who might be listening, but. I, I want to pray. I want to pray for anybody right now who's listening. So if you would you know, don't pull over, don't close, well, maybe pull over. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. don't you know be responsible. but i'm I feel that there are people feeling right now, I'm not sure that I believe this is possible. This cannot cannot be available. I, 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 want, I want to pray for you if you're struggling with that. In the strong name of Jesus Christ. I pray that if you are longing for freedom in Christ, if you don't know Jesus, he will accept you today if you just show up like the prodigal son did. If you are a believer and still you've lived in shame and entrapped by lies, I pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ that you would be freed, that you would be able to believe that God loves you that you would be able to accept that you are forgiven and that you would find the people who will walk you into the reality, the, the physicality of living freed and in God's arms and, and held until your feet dangled by the God of the Bible. I pray for that freedom, the invitation from God to be in his arms. And I pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, take us out, Nathan.
1: Well, I really like that prodigal son illustration. And, um, you know, when he came back home, his older brother was still there. Yep. And his older brother had his own issues. Yeah, he did. And I imagine if that story continued, that older brother would not hesitate to remind little brother of all the pain and all the difficulty and all the money that was no longer in the family and so on and so on. And yet what could that little brother do except go back to the fact of his father's undeniable love for him?
0: That, that, that is, that is a, a thing that you ought not do by yourself. That is, yeah. that is so hard to come to, to accept. The, the, the thing that our souls long for is so available, but we need help to allow that to, to be lived out. That's right. Well, thanks for being with us for another episode of the Parenting Pathway podcast. This is Pastor Dave Carl with my good friend, hey, good friend, Pastor Nathan Kosarek. Thanks for being with us. And remember, do not go out there and try to do parenting and do not go out and try to do life alone. We'll see you next time.